Back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike Detail along with Charlie Long in studio. We're taking you to 8 o'clock tonight. Want to tell everybody at 6.20 tonight, my old buddy Rick Venturi he's finally got off the motorcycle, uh, so to speak, and uh, he's going to give us a few minutes. Uh, Rick uh, scouted uh, Derek Carr coming out of college and um, – Played uh, actually coached against him and and did work when he was now the color analyst for the Indianapolis Colts. He was at the combine, right, man? Yeah. And so, uh, but uh, yeah, he's a, he's a motorcycle guy. Uh, so uh, took a couple trails with him. Uh, he's uh, he knows how to handle it. Other than one time, he you know, he got caught in some bad gravel and, and took a tumble. Uh, so he'll be on with us. And then at seven o'clock, Lloyd Baggett from the Touchdown Club in New Orleans, long time um, man. Do, do, they do such a great job in the city, uh, not only Saints-wise, but also recognize people from the state of Louisiana. So Lloyd will be on with us to tell us about uh, the people that are going to be inducted uh, in the Touchdown Club Hall of Fame this week. And uh, he asked me to MC it, and so we're thrilled to do that. And then Wilson Alexander will come in to talk about a little bit of LSU football. And uh, they got an interior player from Maryland, two-year starter, uh, at offensive guard, he had been a tackle in high school, but they kicked him inside. So, have a lot to talk about. And Charlie, you you got a question off the text line? Yeah, we got a text earlier, uh, later in the hour. We kind of teased it at the end of the first hour, but there was a text uh, about Tajay Spears. He said, "Hey guys, Paul from Covington, what do you guys think about the possibility of getting running back Spears from Tulane? I know Mike, you like him. I really like him. I think it would be a slam dunk pick at seventy one if he lasts that long. I, I agree, and I think." He, I think there's a good possibility he'll be there at 71. Um, I do this on my board every year uh, since uh, I've retired from doing the book, uh, but I, I still do everything but the book. Uh, that I always put a little asterisk uh, next to a running back because I think they lose value and they get devalued come draft time. They always get picked a little bit lower than you might think. Uh, now, B. John Robinson is a different story. Bijan Robinson is a different story. The only way I don't pick Tajay Spears at 71 overall is if Bijan is there at 29 and you take him there. But the issue is that Bijan won't last till 29. He overall, won't last till 29. But but he may have a little ride. Um, you know, I see some people have him going 10 or 12. That would be in the region that I've got him ranked. But man, I've seen this before. A lot of times they take a little bit of a tumble. And, I, and he's my only first-round pick grade running back. He's the only one. Jameer Gibbs is close. He gets a very early second-round pick grade uh, from me. And then Zach Charbonnet from UCLA. The A-chain, Devin A-chain from Texas A&M. I have both second-round picks. And then Tajay Spears and um, Zach Evans from Ole Miss now, coming Mike, next. Then- so here's my thing, Charlie, from 65 to 77 – the difference in the grade is two. Wow. And so, man, you tight there between that real early third-round pick into the middle of round three. And um, I told the story before. We were doing the draft, and I, I had Alvin Kamara as the first pick in round three. First pick in round three. So – uh, I I went through the yellow marker at the end of round three, and I was just knocking it out. I accidentally yellowed out Alvin Kamara. And Deuce was sitting next to me. He's like, did Alvin get picked where he went to? And I was like, man, thinking about it, no, I, I made a mistake on that. So uh, 
I just circled it, and then we saw a couple picks, and then bang. Saints are up. They had made a trade, and then they ended up picking Alvin Kamara. After you fall into the third round. And and he fell, falls into round three, and it's kind of happenstance. Uh, Coach Payton had been in Tennessee working out Josh Dobbs. Uh, the aerospace the engineer, right. uh, and you know, and but he wanted somebody to work out. Kamara went work out, really impressed Coach Payton, and they traded up in round three to get Alvin. And so that's that's how it was done. But I I do think, man, if he's there in round three, it's going to be hard to pass him. Yeah, to Paul's to, to answer Paul's question, I think that both of us agree that Tajay would be a slam dunk pick at seventy first overall. Yeah, if he's there, man, it would be really really tough for me to say, nah, I'm not going to pick him. Uh, I think he's that good of a player, and um, I think he would certainly fit a need for this football team. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870. And uh, Charlie Long's favorite head coach at UL. I'm Martin will be on with us right after this break. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike Detail, along with Charlie Long in studio and on our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line, the head basketball coach of University of Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, Bob Marlin, Bob, thanks so much for joining us. First of all, congratulations and getting that win, Sunbelt Conference Championship, and the first time you get to go to the tournament since 2014. So it's got to be a great moment for you and, and your club. Yeah, we're excited. We've got a really good team. They've worked hard all year and had a fantastic season. Went undefeated at home for the first time in Cajun Dome history and the first time in 50 years. Uh, since Coach Shipley was here. So we've done a lot of good things, and we're looking to looking forward to playing in the tournament and trying to do do more. Bob, uh, before the season started, did you really think that this is where your team would end up? Because I, I know you uh, – sometimes coaches, it's not maybe the most talented teams, and all of a sudden you say, man, it, it all comes together. Or was there a moment during the season where you said, wow, this team can get to the NCAA tournament. Well, we knew we had coming back, and we plugged in a couple of new faces. And I think our staff did a great job of evaluating and planning uh, for for the development of these guys. And it's fit just like a glove. I mean, it's it's like putting a puzzle together. And we could tell in June and July that we had a really good group. And then we went to Puerto Rico in August for about five days and. Played three games down there, won, and and when we came back, we knew that we had a team that could do it. And then media day in New Orleans, Sunbelt media day, we were picked first, and Jordan Brown was picked player of the year. Of course, we got 14 teams now. They've added the teams for football, so it's a little bit more difficult to, to get there. But, yeah, we thought we could get here. We certainly did, and we started off 5-0. and uh, We lost uh, at Drake who's got a really good team. They're going dancing, too. Yep. Uh, and we didn't shoot the ball well, but they beat us. And then then we won five more in a row. We went to Texas and got beat. And Texas has had a heck of a year, too. Uh, and then we started off conference 
after Christmas, 0-2. And we lost at Coastal Carolina by one, and then we lost at Old Dominion by four. And, you know, there were people here started to doubt us, as usual. That's what fans do. Yeah, sure. And then we reeled, up, we reeled off 10 straight and uh, lost at Southern Miss. Uh, the next game we lost in front of eight, over eight thousand people. So they were they came out for us, and we were able to regroup. We lost another game through there, but we were able to win our last two at home and then go win three in the tournament. For someone who hasn't watched Jordan Brown play, uh, give us a scouting report on him because he's really been a catalyst for your basketball team. He's a great young man, first of all, and he's he's a really good. Uh, basketball player, good offensive player, good rebounder. His defense has improved uh, dramatically over the last couple of years he's been with us. Uh, McDonald's All-American out of high school. I think he's the biggest recruit outside of maybe a softball girl that we've ever had here at our school in any sport. Uh, and he is just a gifted low post scorer. He's kind of a throwback. You know, a lot of people don't throw it inside anymore. They space the floor and yeah. do like the NBA do like the NBA does. Right. So it's different. And we've gone old school and we've thrown it to him and he gets double and triple teamed every night. And he's had five assists games, six assists game. He's done a really good job of passing out of the double and it creates offense for us. So he's got a good left hand, a good right hand, uh, hooks, turnarounds. But the most important thing that he has is tremendous footwork. And he has worked and trained, and he's been with the right people, and they've really helped him be able to catch the ball and score in the low post. Coach, going back to that season review, before I get to the questions about the tournament, that 10-game winning streak to start the new year, winning all eight games that you played in January, two to start February, but then that stretch where you lost three of four to Southern Miss, Troy, and James Madison, what did your team learn from that, and then how did you keep them from thinking that they may have peaked too early? Yeah, that, the people were talking about that. You certainly don't want to peak early. You want to play your best in March. But, again, I'm going to give credit to our league. If you look, Southern Miss came out of nowhere. They were picked toward the bottom of the league. Coach Ladner got a couple of good transfers in there. And they, they had a soft schedule early, but they took advantage of it. They won. They got momentum. And they started at home in conference and won a couple of games. And, uh, you know, they, they – had a really good team. So losing there, we had the lead guys at halftime and in the second half. And then we go to Troy, who finished fifth in our league. Southern Miss finished first. And we lose at Troy by – we're up five at halftime, and we get beat that game by maybe 10 or 12. I don't remember exactly. And so we – two games in a row, we come back home, we beat ULM here, play really well, play great defensively. Then we go to James Madison. Same scenario. We don't play great. Jordan Brown fouls out with five minutes to go. And we had the lead with six, seven minutes to go. We had the lead. And James Madison finished fourth. So if you want to be technical about it, we played road, our toughest three road games basically at, at the end of the year. And, uh, you know, it's hard. Teams aren't going to be in league play. Uh, college basketball, that's, what, that's the beauty of it, right? That, Anybody can beat anybody, and it's hard in a league like ours to to run the table. Yeah, and, and March basketball is all about getting hot at the right time. So I was looking at the tournament. I followed it th- throughout the whole thing. 11-seed Texas State got hot at the right time. They take down 6-seed Old Dominion, and then 3-seed Marshall, who entered the tournament as betting favorites, and then you have to face them in the semifinal. 
it's a really tough, grinded-out game, but you end up pulling it out in the second half and move on to the finals. And then you play South Alabama, who is a team that started out slow in the conference play, got super hot late in the season, upsets number one, Southern Miss, and then upsets number four, James Madison, as the eight seed to get to the Sun Belt Conference Championship game. So I, I want you to talk about your team staying steady and prevailing over those two teams that had those Cinderella dreams of making it to the tournament. Well, your tournament seeding, everyone just expects, right, that the, the higher seed's going to lose, uh, or lower seed, whichever one you want to call it. Um, and we were expecting to, to play a good Georgia Southern team. We beat them. We led wire to wire. We played Texas State, even though it got to a two-possession game and late in the game, we led wire to wire. Um and then played Southern, excuse me, played uh, South Alabama in a, in a game that, as you said, I think they've won 11 out of their last 14 games. And the two, two, of, the, two of those losses are to us and the other one's to Troy on the road. So, and that was the game before we played Troy. The night we played Southern Miss and Troy was on a high when we went in there and they beat us. But, uh no, South played good. They, they've been really strong, and uh, we played them three times. We trailed at halftime three times, and we won all three games. Coach, from the start of the season till now, has there been one player you say, wow, he has really exceeded expectations for me? We, we had visions of him that he would be this type player, but he has taken his game to the next level. Yeah, we've got a couple of guys that have, have really uh, maxed out as I would say, and one of our former players used to talk about. And we feel like we've got eight or nine guys that could start for us. And we, we're a true team. We're connected. I think the, the biggest improvement, probably the biggest surprise, uh, might have been Terrence Lewis's consistency. You know, he, we knew he could score. He could shoot a high percentage. We knew he could make free throws. We knew he rebounded the ball. But his maturity, being a grad transfer, uh, has really helped our team. And his steady play for most of the year was outstanding. Uh, Themis Fultz, our point guard, um, doesn't shoot the ball particularly well. Last night made three threes, scored a career-high 23 points. And we thought, I think Themis finished fifth or sixth in the country in assist, uh, led our league in assist. But he had a really good year as a, as a sophomore point guard just stepping into the program. So probably those two, two guys. Coach, last night Greg Williams, who was a second-team All-Sun Belt player for you, left the floor early. This is a two-part question. Can you give an update on him and also talk about Jalen Dalcourt, who stepped off off the bench in his absence and played a huge role in the South Alabama win, including that huge jump shot late in the game? Right. Now, uh, Greg... Uh, played really hard and did a great job for us on Sunday against Texas State late in the game. He got stepped on his his big toe, and it was about four sizes too big. And he was having trouble running and pushing off. And we played him in the first half a little bit. He wanted to go, and we just didn't feel like he had it. Now we have the luxury of having Jalen, another Lafayette young man, uh, who he and Greg both played really good in the tournament last year when Kobe Julian went down in our last regular season game. And Greg made the all-tournament team, and Jalen scored double figures two of the three games last year, uh, or, or three of the four games last year. And then he he hit the big shots last night, and 
we needed every one of them. But Jalen really stepped up. He's a really good shooter and a good offensive player and uh, a huge personality. I mean, we, we love him to death. Coach, the impact of going into the tournament for recruiting, because I always think that that's not only short-term, but that's long-term. Uh, you know, 16-, 17-year-old young men, they're watching this. You know, they watching it. And so um, your initial thoughts of short-term, long-term impact uh, of getting into the tournament. Well, from a recruiting standpoint, it's always important, as, as you said, to have success and get to the tournament. And people do look at it now, the transfer portal, I think it plays maybe an even larger role. But, hey, this, this guy went in, he transferred. Because we got a couple of guys on our staff, we just or on our team we just talked about. We've got four of our five starters are transfers. And so from that standpoint, it helps. And I think the younger group looks at, hey, this is a place where I can go to school and be successful. You know, we said that with Alfred. Right. And when Alfred Payton came and played for us and took us to the tournament in 14, him and Sean Long. Uh, but you can go and play, and if you're good enough, you can make it. And that's that's kind of been our recruiting pitch over the years. Coach, if I remember correctly, you got a tattoo after you made the tournament in 2014. Is that happening again this year? <laughs> yeah, they, they brought it up. Dave Schultz, you guys may know Dave. He yeah. works over in, in Mobile now, but he was here and <laughs> – he covered our games quite a bit, and he was at a press conference in November right when the season started, and Elford and I went to do a, a press conference, and Elford was joking with me before we got up there about, you know, Patino got a tattoo. They'd won a national championship. He goes, Coach, if we get one, you're going to get a tattoo? And I said, yes. And I forgot about it the entire year. And on the Sunday we're playing Georgia State, I'm in the shower, and I thought, Oh my goodness, I'm about to get a tattoo if we win. And sure enough, we win. Go to the press conference, guys, and Dave Schultz raises a hand and says, Coach, have you decided what kind of tattoo you're gonna get? That's that's the opening line of the press conference. So uh, <laughs> we've had a lot of fun with it and and uh and yeah, I'll probably get another one. Coach, another question about the team with Jordan Brown, Mike had already asked you the question about him and how good he's been this season. You know, 19 points per game, just under nine rebounds per game. He won the Sunbelt uh, Tournament Most Outstanding Player. Did he have a little bit of juice after, you know, he, he did get first-team all Sunbelt awards, but he wasn't the Sunbelt Player of the Year. I kind of thought he probably deserved it. I think the, the Marshall cap was pretty good, too. But as far as Jordan Brown, he was just outstanding all season long. Did he have a little bit of extra juice entering the tournament? Yeah, I think so. And, and Jordan handled that really well. The, he received the most votes of any player for all conference, but the player of the year is you number one through three with three players. And, you know, someone didn't vote for him, uh, obviously because he, he had to, had to lose that, uh, ranking at some point, but they gave it to Kinsey. Who's a really good player. Uh, the thing that disappointed us was Kinsey plays 39 minutes a game. He played 40 minutes the other day against Texas state. He's played the third most minutes of any player in the country. Jordan plays 33 minutes a game. So if you go by per 40, it's not those three points that he averaged more than Jordan. It doesn't impress me. So we felt like Jordan got robbed, and our players felt like that. And 
they said that when, when the all-conference voting came out. Uh, and I pulled Jordan aside, and I said, look, he had just gone 13 or 15 from the field on ESPN2 Friday night before against South Alabama. And on Kevin Samuel, who we played again last night, the defensive player of the year. Right. Now, they doubled they doubled, tripled him last night. They didn't play him head up. Uh, but Jordan and head-to-head with Marshall, we beat those guys by 10 points. And Jordan had 26 and 20 rebounds. Coach. So, I mean, you tell, you tell me. I mean, yeah. But we did, we did tell Jordan, hey, just go. What you, this happened at Sam Houston one time when I was there. Just go be MVP of the tournament. Let's go cut the nets down. And, and that's what we did. Coach, uh, and now today they have all these uh, uh, bracketologist-type people that can figure out, uh, and pretty close sometimes, who you're going to play and sort of where you got to travel. Uh, has anybody gotten your ear about maybe who you might end up with? I hadn't really thought about it. We were on the court last night after the game and going through some of the uh, celebration, and, and I thought, gosh, I don't even know where the first and second <laughs> rounds are played this year, I think. And I usually know, but I, I said, I think they're in, there's one in Orlando and Birmingham, and then there's another one in Greensboro. So you would think we may go to one of those three, uh, I, I would assume, but as far as who we play or what seed we get, can we get a 13? Do we get a 14? I haven't really looked at it that close. I know we've got uh, a decent net, but it's not as good as some. And uh, we're just excited to go play and uh, wherever it winds up. And you can get caught up in that stuff. And yeah, get lost sure can. And, and I, I've had friends of mine said, and a guy texted me and said, I saw where you're playing Virginia and, and Albany, New York. And I said, I don't think we'll go to Albany, but you never know. Uh, you know. Coach, are you all having a watch party for Selection Sunday? Yeah, absolutely. We try to celebrate our team uh, and player success and student athletes, and we do a good job of that in all our sports, whether it's baseball or uh, basketball softball and we'll be excited uh, on Sunday and uh, have a nice dinner and hopefully we'll have a lot of people there and but all that stuff's in the works right now coach thanks so much for joining us tonight we really appreciate it man we wish you the best of luck and uh, there'll be a lot of eyes uh, on the raging Cajuns yeah we're looking forward to it. we appreciate you guys and what you do for sports and for basketball so go Cajuns there you go thank, thank you, you coach coach Bob Marlin the head men's basketball coach of the UL Ragin Cajuns we'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870 right after this break after the end of a good fight you deserve an ice cold reward Medela is the mark of a fighter you've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along with Charlie Long in studio. 
And Charlie, it's interesting how when you go to another place, you sort of bring in people you know. And uh, it's being reported in Denver, uh, Sean Payton has signed little Jordan Humphrey. Familiar friend, huh? Yeah, familiar guy uh, with the Saints. So uh, little Jordan is uh, back in the league, and uh, Sean Payton signed him. We've gotten a couple of texts about Hendon Hooker, the Tennessee quarterback, and what happens if he falls late in the draft. I don't know kind of what you describe as late in the draft. Uh, You know, I've got him ranked as an early second-round pick, and I'm not moving him. Uh, I mean, they got other guys. Oh, he'll fall into the third or fourth round. He's not falling into the third or fourth round. He'll be a second-round pick. Uh, now, where in round two is is in question. But, man, I've had a lot of inquiries about Hinden Hooker from teams, I guess I could say scouts, from different teams who had not scouted the SEC. They had maybe been Pac-12 scouts mm-hmm. or Big Ten scouts and asked me about Hooker. And so there's a little bit of buzz about Hendon Hooker and the uh, the process with the combine with the uh, physicals gave him really good A-plus sort of efforts that, that they think he's got a real strong chance to be ready to play for the season opener. So to answer the question, he's not falling late in the draft. And, 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 I, and I, I get it. I understand you heard it from other people. I'm just giving you my opinion. I think he's going to end up being a second-round pick and I think an early to mid-second-round pick. And um, looks as think all are good on his efforts to rebound from that knee surgery that there he was, had. There was an analyst that we talked to last Friday with Jeff and Steve that said that he saw Hendon as either a, a third or fourth round pick. Man, he ain't lasting no, 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 third or fourth If he's round. there, and the, to put this texter's question in you know, kind of consideration, if Hendon's there in the fourth round, yeah, you you, you take him. But it, you don't take him with one of those top three picks. There's just too many needs that you need to address with those three top 71 picks. And, and you don't have enough money to fill everything. You know, so you you gotta. That's why the draft uh, today. Rick Rick Venturi, who will have on with us at six twenty, always tells me, Mike. I, I know you don't like to kind of blow the horn on this, but it's true. The draft today is more important than ever before, because there is no middle class in the NFL today. Either you're making a ton of money, or you're making sort of football minimum wage, uh, uh, minimum wage for NFL people. So that's why the draft is so important to get in guys that you don't have to pay a ton of money to. And so from a football standpoint, so to answer the question, I think Hendon Hooker goes at round two. Now, again, everybody's got an opinion, and somebody's going to be right. Now, the ones that are wrong, you're never going to hear. Now, if I'm wrong, I'll tell you I'm wrong on on a player. But I'm just saying uh, there is way too much of a buzz on Hendon Hooker, and I got to see him play so much, spend some time with him at the Manning Passing Academy. He's such a mature guy. He understands this game so well. And if you watch Tennessee play, his accuracy, skills, his touch, his ability to throw the short pass and the deeper uh, routes, and he's a leader. I mean, he's five-star general out on that field. He don't take nothing from nobody, and he lets you know that he's the guy. Uh, we had another texter, uh, I think it's 4771, about Stetson Bennett. And only thing I can tell you about Stetson, he's a winner. I've got him ranked as a fourth-round pick. Now, I know he, he got into a little bit of trouble, and so that's some explanations he's had to do on that. But you look on that back-to-back national championships, and he's a little erratic as a passer, 
you know, he sort of goes hot and cold. But, man, when he's hot, he can tear you up. And um, I'll never forget, this is Pete Jenkins talking to me. And all these guys are debating at the Louisiana line camp about, man, all these hot shots quarterbacks that are at George and uh, man I think it's going to be him and I think it's going to be him the walk on yeah and and Pete was like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute y'all all settle down okay who makes the better wife the pretty gal or this guy now I ain't saying he's an ugly guy but I'm just telling you he's going to make the best wife the best leader the best guy for University of Georgia, and he wins a national championship. He said that before they won their first one. I think Kirby Smart enjoyed that marriage. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. And uh, man, I, I like Stetson. Uh, he's smart. He's accurate. Uh, he's not a huge guy, and so you know sometimes the measurables get involved. But he's a winner. You can't take that away from him, man. The guy makes a ton of plays, and he is a really good athlete. A lot better athlete than people give him credit for and um, just makes plays out on the field. We'll be back with more Sports Talk here on the Big 870 right after this break. We're finishing up here in our number two of Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along with Charlie Long in studio at 620. We'll have on with us Mo Pal Rick Venturi, a longtime NFL assistant coach and uh, now the color analyst for the Indianapolis Coats. Uh, has had to scout and go up against Derek Carr and certainly uh, spent a lot of time watching him. So he'll give us some insights on Derek from his perspective. Uh, Charlie, uh, we had a text about uh, who do you think the Saints might you pick in the 29th overall pick. Um, I'll give you two names to watch. Um, Osiris Lawrence. I think Osiris is the type of guy that I, he could potentially be there. He's a pure guard, Louisiana kid, went to UL, and then Torrance went, finish off, uh, University of Florida, had an All-American season there, big road grader, a guy that can move people off the line of scrimmage. One of the things this team could not do last year was run the ball. And so you, you have to look at that. I need a guy that can move people, and he's gotten so much better as a pass protector. And then Dornell. I think Dornell Washington from uh, Georgia. Uh, yeah. And, okay, he's 6'7", he's 270. Uh, he athletic, he's off the charts good. And he makes him look bigger because he, he wears that zero. And he can catch the ball. He's a good short, medium-range receiver. But what he can do really well is block. run block. Yep. Man, he is so good. You watch Georgia play. A lot of those Georgia backs were saying, man, I'm following wherever Dornell's at, I'm going right behind him. That seal off that edge, and also, man, he's physical as a run blocker, really good pass protector. So, Darnell Washington, Osiris uh, Torrance would be someone also. Fix the run game, Mike. Yeah, fix the running game, and also maybe get your threat as a receiver. We'll be back with more sports talk here in the Big 870 right after this news break.